Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you guys waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. The options are endless with Factor. Two-minute meals. Fill up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. How about some snacks, some smoothies, and more? Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is also the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. And you guys can be very flexible with your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the most important part, there's no prep. No mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping. There's no cooking or cleanup that is needed. If that sounds great to you guys, head to factormeals.com slash script 50 and use code script 50 to get 50% off. That's code script 50 at factormeals.com slash script 50 to get 50% off. Successful. Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. Thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off the Script. This is your Monday Night Raw post show for June 20th, 2022. I am your host, JD, from New York. As always, coming to you live from the OTS venue. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Monday nights, wherever you may be. This show sucks. This show sucks, man. I can't wait to have all the WWE, uh, Idro evil life, you know, coming after me after tonight. This show sucks. There was nothing about this show that was even remotely interesting. I honestly feel ever since the announcement of Vince McMahon's investigation that the product has somehow gotten worse. And I didn't really think that was feasible up until I watched Monday Night Raw this evening, man. What a complete fucking... Borefest. I mean, holy shit, did anything on this show remotely make any sense? Let's start with Rhea Ripley. 
Let's start with Rhea Ripley, man. Apparently, Rhea Ripley is injured. I don't know what the case is. I don't know what happened. But Rhea Ripley tonight, in the opening segment by Bianca Belair, which we'll get into in a little bit, Rhea Ripley was pulled from the Raw Women's Championship match at Money in the Bank. She's no longer in contention for the Raw Women's Championship. Bianca Belair announced in the opening segments of Monday Night Raw this evening that Rhea Ripley is not cleared to wrestle, and she will not be wrestling for the Raw Women's Championship at Money in the Bank in Las Vegas. It was then announced that WWE would have a fatal five-way match. You know, they love their five waves. You know, know, that's the match that uh, apparently Sasha Banks and Naomi walked away from, and we've gotten one seemingly every single week since they've walked away. It's almost as if they're fucking trolling Sasha Banks and Naomi. (laughs) Ha 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 ha! Look at what you're missing here! (laughs) Ha ha! Give me a fucking break. Five-way match to determine Ripley's replacements at the pay-per-view. Now, the match featured Asuka versus Alexa Bliss. Why would it feature Asuka? Why would it feature Asuka, man? We have Asuka versus Becky Lynch, supposedly, before we even got to the main event of tonight's show. Supposedly, this was the Money in the Bank women's qualifier. This was supposed to be one of the qualifying matches on Raw, on Raw this evening. And they put Asuka and Becky Lynch in this match. Now, I get why WWE does what they do because they're fucking clueless. But if they're already vying for a money in the bank spot, why do they need to be in this match with the rest of these women, which I'll get to in a second, to get a women's championship match when they themselves are already chasing that same women's championship match through a different direction. I don't really understand that. Now, WWE's never been shy about bringing somebody over from SmackDown. I'm sure there are a bunch of women. (laughs) A bunch of women over on SmackDown, man. Their division is just as worse as Monday Night Raw. But you could have brought Shotzi over. You could have brought Zia Lee. You could have brought Aaliyah. You could have did something. You could have brought somebody up from NXT. You're never shy about bringing somebody over from a different brand. But here we got Asuka in a fatal five-way match, getting an opportunity at the title that she's already getting an opportunity at by vying for the money in the bank ladder match. Doesn't make sense to me. Doesn't make sense to me. Alexa Bliss. Alexa Bliss is in this fatal five-way. Alexa Bliss is also... In the Money in the Bank, I do believe, right? She's there with uh, Lacey Evans with the Women's Riot, right? Yeah, Alexa Bliss is there. Why is she in this match if she's already in the Money in the Bank ladder match? I don't really understand that. So why is she even there? She's already in the Money in the Bank ladder match. Does anybody expect her to fucking win this match and get a title match and a Money in the Bank match at the same fucking show? Come on, man. Jesus fucking Christ. Then you got Liv Morgan, man. (laughs) Oh, man, these Liv Morgan geeks, man. Yeah, these Liv Morgan geeks, man. They're fucking hilarious, man. They think Liv Morgan's going to be a women's champion. (laughs) I got a better shot at dating Liv Morgan than Liv Morgan winning a fucking Raw Women's Championship. Are you fucking serious? 
Don't get me started on Liv Morgan, man. Beautiful woman. Don't get me wrong. But a Raw Women's Champion while Bruce Bridges is in charge? Come on, man. Come on. Then we got Becky Lynch. Same thing applies. Do you really think Becky Lynch... Do you really think Becky Lynch is going to win this match and get a shot at Bianca Belair when she's already fucking written in blood at SummerSlam against Bianca Belair? Don't be stupid. Don't be stupid. Then we got Carmella. Then we got Carmella. Carmella hasn't been seen on fucking TV in months. Yet she's here getting a fucking opportunity at the Raw Women's Championship. Man, that's a great fucking thing, Bruce, man. My God, man. Such a great show written with fucking logic, man. And unbelievable wit. Monday Night Raw. Unbelievable. This shit sucks. Ripley, apparently, I don't want to speculate, but I'm going to fucking speculate anyway. Rhea Ripley apparently was injured in a match, I believe it was last week, and it might have been last week. I don't know. Last time she was on fucking TV. I don't know. Last time she wrestled was in a Fatal 4 match. It was on the 6-6, the June 6th edition of Monday Night Raw. Apparently, she went into the ropes and accidentally kneed herself in the face off of uh, herself bouncing off the ropes. She had to go to the dentist. She had to get dental surgery. She might have knocked out a couple of teeth. So, apparently, something had to happen there. And she went to go get surgery on her teeth the next day. And apparently, it's not where it needs to be. So, WWE had to pull her from this match. And this sucks, man. Because you think WWE is going to wait for Rhea Ripley to get better to give her a shot at the Raw Women's Championship? It's going to be too little too late. It's definitely going to be too little too late for Rhea. This was her one opportunity. She wasn't winning the championship anyway. Because it was going to go right back to being Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair. Now, I don't know how they're going to go about that. We could still get Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair at SummerSlam, and Becky Lynch could cash in making that a triple threat match, or she can hold the fucking briefcase and cash in on the winner and win the match that way, and then win the Monday Night Raw Women's Championship. This sucks. This sucks for Rhea Ripley. This was probably the biggest match of her entire stint on Monday Night Raw, and she got injured. So I'm assuming it has to do with Whatever surgery she just got done on her teeth. I know a lot of people online tonight were speculating that it could have been COVID again. I don't think so. But uh, Bianca Belair and Rhea Ripley canceled. And now we have a new Raw Women's Championship match, which absolutely is the drizzling shits for Money in the Bank. We'll get into that in just a little bit when we go over how horrendous the opening segment of this show really was. The other big thing on this show was Vince McMahon came out again. Uh, I'll talk about that a little later as well. Uh, Absolutely fucking pathetic. Absolutely embarrassing. Uh, Vince McMahon is making a joke out of this entire situation, and he's going to get away scot-free, and he will be back as CEO within the next, uh, I would say, three months. So by the end of the summer, Vince McMahon will be right back in that position. He's already back in that position. If you think Stephanie McMahon is running this fucking company and running this show, give me a fucking break. And as long as Vince McMahon's backstage, he is the CEO of WWE. If you think Stephanie McMahon is the CEO of WWE, you're a complete fucking idiot. It's not the case. She's only CEO in title, and she needs to be CEO for the board of directors, and that's about it. So he was back on the show, and he touted that John Cena is coming back tonight. And we know Vince, we know John Cena's coming back. We saw the fucking commercial about six times tonight 
Thank you for telling us something that we already know, Vince. The other big thing that happened tonight was Ezekiel. Ezekiel and Elias. WWE had both of them appear on the television at the same time. Not in person, but it was definitely something that was well thought out. It was probably the best thing on the entire show tonight. I got to give WWE credit. They pulled it off. It was very entertaining, and a lot of that has to do with Kevin Owens and how, how great Kevin Owens is. So they pulled it off. We got Elias, and we got Ezekiel on the show tonight, and it was all done beforehand, pre-taped segments mixed with live segments, and they did a nice split-screen CGI where Elias and Ezekiel were on the screen at the same time in the back. It was awesome. It was really, really entertaining. And if I told you that was all that happened on Monday Night Raw tonight, why would I lie? Why would I lie to you? This show, that's where it ends. That's where all of this on Monday Night Raw ends. Nothing. Absolutely nothing newsworthy coming out of this show. And it seems like these people who run the fucking company, it seems like Bruce and Vince are just getting lazier and lazier and lazier. Nothing mattered on this show. Absolutely nothing mattered on this show. So we're going to go over Monday Night Raw. We're going to try our best to make sense of whatever happened on this show tonight. And I appreciate you guys very much for joining me on your Monday nights, man. We got 2,400 people in the venue. I'll take it. I'll take it. What a tremendous week we had last week, man. A tremendous Friday. We had 8,000 plus for Friday afternoon when the news broke about Vince McMahon stepping back as CEO. And we were live on Friday night for SmackDown, man. We neared eight. Thousand live viewers on Friday afternoon alone. You guys are awesome. And then I uploaded an extra on Saturday that did nearly 30,000 views about Sasha Banks and the rumor that she has been released from WWE. So thank you guys for a tremendous week, man. We are about 100 away from 134,000 subscribers. We're about 300 away from 41,000 followers on Twitter. You guys are blowing shit up, and I love to see it, man. Thank you guys very much. Hit that subscribe button. Turn on that bell for notifications. Make sure you guys go check out all the content on the channel. It is there on the homepage. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. I see 579 likes on the live stream right now. We need 1,000 minimum Tonight for the Monday Night Raw post show on OTS. Super chats are open. You guys are going to let me know. You guys are going to sound off tonight and let me know what you thought of how terrible Monday Night Raw was. So make sure you guys go and do that. Memberships are always open. We're accepting applications. VIP club right here on OTS. Make sure you guys hit that join button and become a VIP tonight. A channel member right here on Off The Script. Go get your t-shirts, man. Bonfire is the place. Bonfire.com is the exclusive home of Off the Scripts. You guys can get yourself a Don of the IWC t-shirt, man. Now available exclusively only on Bonfire.com. As well as anything else that's on there, man. I got baseball, uh, not baseball caps. Uh, I got them myself. That's for Patreon. Uh, I got coffee mugs. I got tote bags. I got... Almost all the designs that I have currently up there for the shop on Bonfire. Go check them out and get yours today. 
We will be doing a meet and greet in Chicago. I will be in Chicago on Sunday morning. I will be in Chicago for Forbidden Door, AEW Forbidden Door with New Japan Pro Wrestling. I got a House of Glory show on Saturday night that I'll be doing commentary for. I didn't want to miss it. So I'm doing Hog on Saturday with Solid Monster. I'm doing Forbidden Door on Sunday, and there will be a VIP meetup at the Ogden in Chicago. It's like five minutes from the United Center, man. And the reason I chose it, I got a damn good whiskey menu, man. We're going to be drinking some fucking whiskey. We're going to be drinking some cold beverages before Forbidden Door, man. I can't drink too much because I got work to do that evening, and I don't want to show up drunk. But we will be hanging out. Jesse and I will be there. So make sure you guys go and check out the Ogden in Chicago, five minutes from the United Center, and we will be there with the OTS VIP meetup. And if you don't show up, go fuck yourself, man. I'll be there with Jesse drinking some fucking whiskey bullshit with you guys that are there. So make sure you show up, and I'll uh, be pushing that throughout the week. Also, tonight's show is sponsored by Honey. Join Honey.com slash off the script. You guys are going to save some money with Honey. Download the free web browser. And it's great, man. Start saving some money. Use Honey. Join Honey.com slash off the script. We'll talk about them a little bit later on in the show. And I want to thank them for once again sponsoring the show right here on Off the Script. Let's get into the opening segment, man. Opening segments like what we saw tonight are the bane of my existence watching pro wrestling. These opening segments are fucking garbage. Complete garbage. It's WWE stuck in their ways. It makes everybody look fucking stupid. The crowd are a bunch of fucking casual idiots who don't know any better. <laughs> you know, it's awful, man. It is awful. You guys know exactly what I'm talking about. Somebody's out there cutting a promo. The music goes off. They cut a promo. The music goes off for the next person that comes out. They cut a promo. The music goes off for the next person coming out. They cut a promo. The music comes on and the next person cuts a promo. My God, is it fucking garbage. This show sucks. Everything about this shit was fucking horrendous. Bianca Belair is out there. And she's in the ring. She's welcoming everybody to Monday Night Raw. I don't want your welcome. I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here. She then talked about looking forward to defending her title at Money in the Bank in two weeks against Rhea Ripley. She said she wishes she didn't have to be the one to deliver the bad news. But Rhea Ripley won't be medically cleared in time. She said when Rhea Ripley is cleared, she'll be waiting and ready. She said now the question remains, who will be the one to challenge Bianca Belair at Money in the Bank. She said Alexa Bliss, Liv Morgan, Carmella, Asuka, and Becky Lynch all will be competing in a fatal five-way match to determine who wrestles her at Money in the Bank. Becky Lynch came out. She was the first one that interrupted with a god-awful promo, man. She came out and she said, she's the only true contender here because... She still hasn't had her one-on-one match with my precious, the little hobbitses. Becky Lynch. She said Bianca Bella and Becky Lynch had the best women's WrestleMania match in history. Sasha Banks would like to have a word with you, Miss Lynch. She said she's been made to jump through hoops and overcome obstacles, but it's okay because she'll win the Fatal Five-Way tonight. 
Oscar's music plays and she dances out to the ring and she does her fucking cringe dance or whatever the fuck she does. Oscar comes out and she's making all these weird noises and asked if Becky was a baby. Becky said she beat her in the last two matches. Liv Morgan comes out and she marched out to the ring. She says, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute. I don't know about you guys, but I'm always ready for a fight. Yes, I'm always ready to fucking drink when Monday Night Raw hits the fucking airwaves at 8 p.m. on the USA Network, too, just to spare myself some fucking misery. This show sucks. She says she's in a good mood. She's in a good mood because she's already qualified for the money in the bank, but she'll trade that in for a title match at Money in the Bank. Oh, you want to be a loser earlier instead of later. Gotcha. Carmella comes out. We haven't seen Carmella in months. I don't know what the fuck she's still doing here, man. Some of you may already thought that she got fired, but she's still here. Carmella came out and said something that really doesn't make sense. She said Liv is the only person there who isn't a former champion. She said they should kick the lovable loser out of the match and make it a fatal four-way. Morgan says she's in the match because I've been here She said if she keeps talking like that, she'll give her two more weeks off. Carmella was out for more than two weeks. It it was more like two months. So Carmella said Liv Morgan is riding Alexa Bliss's coattails. Out comes Alexa Bliss. This is just getting downright awful. Bliss came out and said she heard her name. She said Carmella has never been able to be successful on her own. So it's rich of her to criticize Morgan like that. There was an indirect reference to uh, James Ellsworth in this promo by Alexa Bliss. Don't know why we're still bringing that up. Goes to show you how fucking clueless these people are. As Bliss and Carmella went back and forth arguing, Belair said the WWE Universe is ready for some action. Let's get this shit started. So let me get this straight. WWE, you know, I love how I love how WWE makes this look absolutely pathetic. And people complain about AEW and the way that they handle their things with their quote-unquote rating system. Now, if we were, theoretically, let's say if WWE had AEW's rating system, none of these women would be in the title match with Bianca Belair except Alexa Bliss. This is what I don't get. This is what I don't get. And this resulted in a piss-poor match that was fucking downright sloppy, and it did not make any sense creatively. And WWE, with the usual rinse and repeat, fatal five-way to determine a fucking loser at Money in the Bank who is not even going to be in discussion of beating Bianca Belair. Becky Lynch and Asuka are going to be in the Money in the Bank ladder match. So you can cross both of those two women out automatically, they're not going to be wrestling Bianca Belair at Money in the Bank. Now, if this was a major stadium show like Allegiant Stadium, then I would get maybe Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair. But what you guys need to understand is Becky Lynch, A, is a selfish bitch. Two, Becky Lynch is not going to wrestle anybody for any championship unless there is a huge crowd at a football stadium Very reminiscent of one like we get during WrestleMania season. That's it. Becky Lynch is not wrestling Bianca Belair in front of 11,000 people for the Raw Women's Championship at Money in the Bank. It's going to happen 
at SummerSlam in Nissan Stadium. That's when it's going to happen. And the quicker you guys understand that, the better. Okay? Becky Lynch doesn't give a fuck about the division. Becky Lynch only gives a shit about herself. And she will wrestle Bianca Belair, whether it's one-on-one or a triple threat match, at SummerSlam for the Raw Women's Championship. Becky Lynch is going to win the Money in the Bank briefcase. She's on the fucking poster with Seth Rollins. That's what's going to happen. So Asuka and Becky Lynch not winning this match. Then we got Liv Morgan. Liv Morgan is not factoring into anything at all. I'm sorry. If you think Liv Morgan is ever going to win a Raw Women's Championship, keep dreaming, brother. Keep dreaming, man. The fucking stands out there and the, and the fucking geeks out there that lay in bed daydreaming that one day they'll fucking hold Liv Morgan hand in hand, skipping through a field of fucking daisies. You can continue to lay there with your box of tissues and your fucking lube, jerking off at the sight of Liv Morgan and her wrestling gear. She ain't winning shit. And bro, let me tell you something, man. She ain't gonna fuck you. She ain't gonna fuck you. She ain't winning nothing. She ain't winning shit. I'm sorry. I love to be the bearer of bad news when it upsets geeks like this, and she ain't winning the Raw Women's Championship, okay? Then we got, then we got Alexa Bliss. Alexa Bliss is the only one in this match that makes sense. She's the only one in this match that makes sense. She's undefeated since being back. So just by that, she earns a title shot, right? This was AEW standings and their ranking system. Alexa Bliss would get the call because she hasn't won, or she hasn't lost, rather, a fucking match. Now, but we can't do that yet. We can't make Alexa our favorite blonde in the company. We can't make Alexa look weak because it doesn't factor into the plans because we're not ready to take that title from Bianca Belair yet. So Alexa Bliss makes the most sense. So which one did you think WWE went with? They went with the one choice that doesn't make any fucking sense whatsoever. They went with Carmella. They went with Carmella. Now, I, I'm laughing. I'm laughing. I'm laughing all the way to the fucking bank for all the fucking geeks out there that legitimately paid money to be in Las Vegas, 4th of July weekend, well, I'll be on the fucking beach with my feet in the fucking sand and a goddamn fucking beer cooler filled with the best cold beverages that this summer has to offer, man. I'll be listening to the waves of the ocean and you'll be at a pro wrestling show watching Carmella versus Bianca Belair at Money in the Bank. How it sucks to be you and having to spend that amount of money to fly to Vegas, get a hotel, food and alcoholic beverages to sit there and watch Bianca Belair and Carmella for the women's championship at Money in the Bank. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great, 
talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash blue wire sports offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at indeed.com slash blue wire sports. That's indeed.com slash blue wire sports and support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast indeed.com slash blue wire sports terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed. I find that to be hilarious. I find that to be hilarious. Why do they go with Carmella? Because Carmella's the easy choice. Why do they go with Carmella? Because Bianca Belair is going to wipe the floor with Carmella. That's why they did it. Bianca Belair is going to SummerSlam, and Becky Lynch is going to cash in her money in the bank briefcase when she wins the ladder match. And whether that's one-on-one or against Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair, I don't know. I don't give a shit. This shit sucks. The promos, the back and forth between all five of these women was so fucking terrible. I thought I was watching five women who were absolutely at an amateur level on WWE TV cutting a promo for the very first time in front of a live audience. That's how terrible every bit of this was. And the match was no better. I seen check marks on social media thinking the match was great. Where was this match great? I saw fucking miscommunication. I saw fucking missteps. I saw fucking sloppiness. I saw a winner that doesn't make any sense, but WWE took the safe route because she's an easy loss to Bianca Belair. Somebody that's been off TV for two months plus gets a fucking title shot by winning zero matches, but the one she was in. She wins a fatal five-way, and that's all that they need to do. Meanwhile, everybody else has been on TV. She hasn't been on fucking TV, and she gets a title shot at Bianca Belair. This shit, I I swear to fucking Christ, man, you could put a blank piece of paper inside a fucking class of five-year-olds at kindergarten with nothing more than a fucking crayon as a writing utensil, and they would write a better show than Bruce Pritchard and Vince McMahon. This shit is fucking embarrassing, man. On a fucking all-night binger drinking old fashions, I could piss out a better fucking show than Bruce Prichard and Vince McMahon. This shit sucks. This shit sucks. Bianca Belair will go down with one of the most uneventful and disappointing title reigns in the modern WWE history when it comes to holding that Raw Women's Championship. But you have a bunch of fucking blind idiots out there who will turn the other cheek and not give a shit about what I'm talking about, which is 100% factual information. This shit sucks. Carmella wins. This match was fucking awful. If you watched it, I feel bad for you. If I was to tell you to go and watch it, I'd say go and watch it for a fucking good laugh. If you want comedy hour for fucking 10 minutes, go and watch the fucking match. Carmella wins. This show sucks. That's the whole premise of tonight's post show. This show sucks. Becky Lynch is backstage complaining to Adam Pierce that she lost this match. What happened at the end of the match? Bliss went for Twisted Bliss. Morgan lifted her knees. Carmella landed a super kick on Morgan for a one, two, three. But Becky had the match won with a manhandle slam on Asuka. And she got pulled out of the ring. So she felt cheated. She felt cheated. So she's complaining to Adam Pierce. 
She said she was on the freaking poster for Money in the Bank. And what would Money in the Bank be without Becky Lynch? Better. Money in the Bank would be better without Becky Lynch. Pierce said she was already scheduled to face Asuka to qualify for Money in the Bank, so that can still happen. She said that she was happy until Pierce just said what will happen tonight. Then Becky started screaming and complaining to Adam Pierce again. Now, I don't know. I don't know what you guys think of Becky complaining on a weekly basis to Adam Pierce. I genuinely believe. Now, it may be me dipping into the conspiracy theorist jar, but, but hear me out. I honestly think that they have Becky Lynch complaining the way that they are to Adam Pierce as a way to troll Sasha Banks because that's what the whole rumor was that Sasha Banks and Naomi complained to WWE Creative and here we got Becky Lynch complaining to WWE Creative in Adam Pierce, who's an on-screen managerial figure, authority figure. And she's complaining to Adam Pierce every single week about the way he handles the way he books the show. I don't know. Maybe I'm uh, maybe I'm overthinking it, but it, it kind of feels like it's a way to get back at Sasha Banks and really show through Becky Lynch how Sasha Banks and Naomi were crying and crying and crying to WWE management for not getting their way. Meanwhile, Sasha Banks and Naomi had every fucking right to walk out because this shit sucks. Absolutely embarrassing. All of a sudden, Vince McMahon's music played and the geeks in the crowd were bowing. I heard about it all on social media. Vince McMahon is a 76-year-old genetic jackhammer, blah, blah, blah. He doesn't got to apologize for anything. Vince McMahon is a fucking embarrassment. He's a fucking embarrassment. He comes out on TV, all smiles, and his show is one of the worst produced wrestling shows of the modern era. Smile. Smile. You're a fucking slimeball prick who's going to get away with everything you did, and you're going to have John Laurinaitis, fuck him, fall as the fall guy, and you're out there fucking smiling and skipping a beat, and you're fucking having, having geeks in the crowd bow to you. Fine. You want to play it off like that? Fine. You're nothing more than an embarrassment to me. So Vince's music plays, and what a surprise. What a surprise. The chairman of the board is here. Oh, but JD's not the chairman of the board anymore. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. If you think Stephanie McMahon is the chairwoman of the board. <laughs> oh, man, you guys are fucking, uh, you guys are some comedians, man, really. Uh, so he's out there, and he says that this is the 1,517th edition of Monday Night Raw. I would say about 80% of those shows were fucking garbage, especially the... Uh, the second half of that number. He said it continues to be the longest-running episodic TV show in history. And for that, I say thank you. He said for 20 of those nearly 30 years, it was dominated by the greatest WWE superstar of all time. He said that man returns live next week. He says that's a reference to missile hustle, loyalty, and respect. John Cena. He threw the mic down, he smiled, he jumped off the ring steps, and that was pretty much it. He goes away and he retreats to the back like the slime ball that he is. Very strange. Very strange. Is this, is this Vince's way of saying goodbye? I don't think so. 
seen some of that floating around online. Is this Vince's way of saying goodbye to everybody? No. This is Vince McMahon pretty much throwing it in everybody's face and saying, fuck you to the fucking board of directors. Hey, you want to get rid of me? Fine. Here I am. I'm still running shit. I'm going to let you know that. And this is a way, this is, this is definitely Vince telling everybody that I ain't going anywhere, bitch. You are all praying for my demise, and I am not going anywhere. The only way I'm going anywhere is if the big man upstairs fucking sends the Grim Reaper after me, and that's the only way that I am going anywhere. But like I said, Stephanie should really be cleaning house. I think the board of directors are going to need to see some change and if those changes happen, Laurenitis, goodbye. Bruce Pritchard, goodbye. Get him out. Drain the swamp. I don't give a fuck what Vince is doing backstage. Make those changes and make that environment better. Get rid of them. I don't want to see or hear about them in the backstage managerial capacity ever again. Get rid of them. I don't know why he came out. I really don't. To announce John Cena is going to be there next week when... We saw this last week about four different times. We saw it on SmackDown another four times, and we heard about it about six times tonight. I don't understand why we needed to hear from Vince McMahon about John Cena. Pathetic. Matt Riddle. He was in the ring. We got some clips of Reigns versus Riddle last Friday on SmackDown, followed by Brock Lesnar's boring return to Friday Night SmackDown. Riddle versus Reigns was very subpar. I don't think Riddle was really put over in a major way with Roman Reigns at all. The match was subpar at best. It was very mid, very mid-level match for Matt Riddle. I've seen Matt Riddle have a lot better matches with other people. I honestly feel like Roman Reigns didn't elevate him at all whatsoever. I feel like Randy Orton being an RK bro elevated Matt Riddle more so than what Roman Reigns did in that one match, and they really made a big deal about it. This is why I would have done it all over again at Money in the Bank, and I would have given them more time, and I really would have given the match a superstar treatment. I would have had Riddle fucking come within a concert of winning the title. That's what I would have done. Match was very subpar, very mid at best. So Riddle's in the ring. He's got tape around his ribs, selling the effects of the Roman Reigns match. He talked about how Roman Reigns might have ended Randy Orton's career a few weeks ago. And that he promised vengeance. He said he went toe-to-toe and came so close, including hitting him with one of the sickest RKO's ever. He said at the end of the day, the tribal chief hit him with a spear that nearly cut him in two. He said he let he left himself and or let himself down and the fans down, but most importantly, he let Randy down. So he said he let the fans down, he let himself down, he let Randy down. We hear an RK bro chant. He said he might be down, but he's not out. He said maybe he can't challenge him for the Universal WWE Championship anymore, but he can win the money in the bank and maybe get back to that again sometime in the future. He said he knows it's a long shot, but if he wins the money in the bank contract, he can cash in and finally get that sweet vengeance that Randy and myself truly desire, he says. He said Sheamus, Drew McIntyre, and that punk ass... Seth Rollins, he said he did Cody Rhodes dirty when he hit him with a sledgehammer in the chest, so he wants to hit him in the back with a ladder. Then we get the mighty Omas, the Nigerian giant. Omas! 
you know, Omos is out there, you know, with MVP, can barely walk to the fucking ring. MVP asked if Riddle had been hanging out with Snoop Dogg or Wiz Khalifa again. Because they are the only two with the top shelf stash that could make him as delusional as to think he's going to make it to money in the bank. Now, I don't know why he would want to hang out with Wiz Khalifa when he can hang out with Mia Khalifa, the porn star. I don't know why he would want to hang out with Wiz Khalifa. All you need is Snoop Dogg for what you uh, want to do as far as extracurricular activities, man. I mean, come on. So he is going to have this Money in the Bank qualify with Omas. He assured him he will get high tonight because Omas will lift him high and slam him. Yes, Bruce, thank you. We know Matt Riddle loves to smoke weed. Thank you. He said it'll be a hell of a come down. Riddle says he's going to get high when he gets his arm raised after beating Omos tonight with an RKO. So we got Riddle versus Omos. This is a Money in the Bank qualifying match. And if you guys expected a five-star fucking classic here with Matt Riddle and Omos, Jesus fucking Christ, man. Subtract about four of those stars, and then you'll get the proper star rating for what we saw here tonight. This match went four minutes. This match went four minutes. And we got Riddle, tape around his midsection. Omos had him in a long bear hug, but Riddle fought back with a knee strike and a floating bro. Riddle tried an RKO, but Omos blocked it and hit the giant choke slam. For the one, two, three. Omos gave him another choke slam after the match was over. So let me get this straight. Let me get this straight. Matt Riddle, he loses to Roman Reigns clean on Friday night. He loses to Omos clean on Monday. And he fails to qualify for the Money in the Bank ladder match. And Omos is now in the Money in the Bank ladder match and one step closer to being Mr. Money in the Bank. Imagine. Imagine WWE booking Money in the Bank. And you're coming up with all these names, potential to be in the ladder match, and you got a a, a very select number of spots in this match. And you have quite the roster to choose from, right? Imagine you got seven spots in a Money in the Bank ladder match and all this roster, all this talent on this roster to choose from, and and you opt to go with Omas to be one of those very, very selected spots in the Money in the Bank ladder match. Imagine thinking that Omas in the Money in the Bank ladder match is a great creative decision. Imagine thinking that's the right move to make in this spot. What is Omos going to do in the Money in the Bank ladder match that we've never seen before? Why is he there? When are we going to get on the same page about Omos not really factoring into anything of value and important on or importance on this show? Why is he always in these spots? Why is he on television? Why is he on television? As far as I'm concerned, this guy has already fucking peaked. They fired Braun Strowman for this guy because he's bigger and apparently he's stronger than Braun Strowman. You're, 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 really, you're really pushing my fucking buttons here, man. I don't believe I'm going to say what I'm about to say. But this guy makes me miss fucking Braun Strowman. Seriously. 
They fired Braun Strowman for this fucking guy, and he can barely fucking execute a proper headlock, Omos. Yet we're putting him in money in the bank over guys like Ali, over guys like Champa. I'd even take Miz in, instead of Omos in, in money in the bank. Finn Balor, Damian Priest. Oh, where was Judgment Day, by the way? Oh, yeah, that's right. They were on main event tonight. If anybody thinks the, the Judgment Day is going anywhere in WWE, they were on the fucking Hulu show. Yeah, dead. As soon as Edge was kicked out, it, it didn't even take them two weeks to kill Judgment Day. Dead. They were on main event with Mysterios in a tag team match. Yeah, it's a great job there, Bruce. Great job. Omos in Money in the Bank is fucking pathetic. Pathetic. Of all the talent that you have on this show, you opt to go with Omos. You got six or seven fucking coveted spots, and one of those spots goes to Omos. If you think that's a fucking sound creative move, I don't know what the fuck you're doing here, bro. I really don't. These people get paid to write this show for a living. Imagine that. Seth Rollins then came in. He's wearing a very, very pink suit. He looked like the fucking Pink Panther out there. So he goes to attack Riddle, and he's out there, danced his way to the ring. Seth knocked him down and tossed him out of the ring and then takes a microphone and gloated with his laughing, said he's sorry, but he doesn't share space with losers. He said Riddle is a loser because he lost his buddy Randy He lost his title match against Reigns and his opportunity at Money in the Bank. Seth said, the truth is, only one man has Reigns' number and you're looking at him. He said he emotionally dismantled him at the Royal Rumble. And in less than two weeks, he's going to climb the ladder and collect the Money in the Bank contract. He said he is a visionary and a revolutionary. Riddle then leapt back into the ring and attacked Seth. Seth came right back with a curb stomp. And that was it. Seth mentioned Reigns. Seth mentioned having a emotional advantage over Roman Reigns and the fact that he dismantled him emotionally at the Royal Rumble. These are seeds being planted because Seth Rollins is going to walk out of SummerSlam with the WWE Championship. That's what's going to happen. That is my prediction. I think Brock Lesnar wins. I, I, don't, I don't think Brock Lesnar wins anything. I think Brock Lesnar's just there to uh, get WWE through SummerSlam and into Clash of the Castle. I think Lesnar loses, and I honestly think Seth Rollins cashes in the Money in the Bank briefcase on Roman Reigns to pin him for the WWE Championship. Now, they could do that, or they could have Lesnar win the WWE Championship and Rollins cash in on Lesnar taking that title back to Monday Night Raw. I don't know if that is the sound creative plan here, but I would have... Rollins and Reigns and the WWE Championship and the reign that he has over that and take it back to Monday Night Raw. That's what I would do. I think we are well beyond anything right now. I've been in this boat for far too long about Reigns. Oh, he can't lose. He can't lose. He's got to lose to this guy. He can't lose to this guy. He can't lose. No, we got to get the titles back on Monday Night Raw and SmackDown individually, and we need Roman Reigns to just go the fuck away. Right now, he does not need to be WWE and Universal Champion. He doesn't need to be any champion anymore. We need to get those titles back on people that are there full-time. If he wants to go fucking part-time, have him go part-time and just wait for WrestleMania season and then one last match with Dwayne and get the fuck out of here, man. Seriously. There's nothing left for Roman to do. Nothing. 
Seth Rollins is going to be the WWE champion, and Cody Rhodes is taking that title from Seth Rollins when he comes back. That's the story that WWE is going to tell. I would prefer it to be against Reigns, but clearly WWE is not going to do that. It doesn't look like they're going to do it. I wish they would, but I honestly think it's going to be Seth Rollins instead of Roman Reigns. Austin Theory. He came out with the United States title and an earpiece in his ear with a microphone attached to to said earpiece. We got a recap of the oily pose down last week that main evented Monday Night Raw. Theory was standing in the middle of the ring on a podium again, then said, everybody wants to know what it's like to be the new prodigy or the chosen one or the face of WWE. He said he was expecting the crowd to heckle him because none of them can relate to the youngest, greatest United States champion in WWE history. It's just a crime for him to even say greatest U.S. champion in WWE history. He's done nothing with it. Nothing. So fans began booing him, and he said he's already better than Lashley ever was. He said next week might be the 20-year Cena celebration, but his time is up, and my time is now. So clearly they're planting seeds for Austin Theory and John Cena. He said he was more immaculate tonight, and he has a lot more posing left to do. There's no do-overs in pose-downs. Theory started posing again, and Lashley entered from behind and began posing behind Austin Theory. Fans began cheering when they saw Bobby Lashley. Austin Theory thought they were cheering for him, and he says, I know I'm good, but quiet down, please. Then we got Bobby Chance ringing out in the arena. Theory told them to shut up as he started taking selfies of himself. He then saw Lashley in his phone behind him. Lashley sprayed water in his face and then speared him off the podium. Lashley told Theory that the United States title is coming home with me. He teased handing it to Theory, but then pulled it away before giving it back to him. Theory was seething mad at this point, and he was humiliated. And it looks like we're getting Bobby Lashley and Austin Theory, you would think. That's money in the bank for the United States championship. Oh, we got rings of fire to jump through to get Bobby Lashley a championship match. That's the other thing that didn't really make sense on this show. So we'll get to that in a second. So Kevin Patrick was backstage after Austin Theory got his ass beat. He was in the back. Theory asked, why are you guys always coming up out of nowhere looking for an interview? What do you guys just lurk in the shadows and show up for an interview? Theory said Lashley doesn't deserve a U.S. title match. Great. I don't think he deserves one either. He said he was in Pierce's office, and he suggested an idea which Pierce liked. Theory said Lashley has to beat three opponents, one after the other, in a gauntlet match tonight. He said if he does it, he'll defend against Bobby Lashley at Money in the Bank. WWE giving us five ways and gauntlet matches. They are all out of creative ideas, folks. This is the... Mastermind, Bruce Pritchard, hard at work. He can't come up with a new, exciting, refreshing concept if it slapped him in the fucking balls. Guy sucks. The Usos, they're in the middle of the ring and they talked about being the undisputed WWE Tag Team Champions. Yeah, some, uh, some tag team champions you guys are. In what division, I might ask? Tag Team Champions. You got the Raw and SmackDown Tag Team titles. 
Where's the division? I ask. Usos. You may be the ones, but the, the fuck but the fucking division is the fucking drizzling shits. So they're in the ring. Jimmy said they run both Monday and Friday, and they are smashing everybody. Who's everybody? There's no division. There's not one single fucking team in this goddamn division. So then the Street Profits, they come out, their music hits. They said the only thing better than having more money in the bank is more gold around their waist. They exchange a few words, and you guessed it, folks. We called it on last week's show. Jey Uso goes one-on-one with Angelo Dawkins, man. Last week, we got Montez Ford versus Jimmy Uso. So we're going to do some fantasy booking here, folks. We got Jimmy Uso versus versus Montez Ford last week. We got Jay Uso versus Angelo Dawkins this week. Next week, on Friday maybe, we may see it as early as Friday, or maybe on Monday, I don't know. The next time they want to put these two teams in the ring, it's going to be Montez Ford versus Jay Uso. And then it's going to be... Um, and then it's going to be Angelo Dawkins versus Jimmy Uso. That's what it's going to be. So we're not done yet, folks. We're not done. This is such a creative fucking division, man. My God. You gave these guys the Raw and SmackDown Tag Team Championships, and you're booking singles matches all the way up until the pay-per-view. And then when we go into SummerSlam, it'll be the same fucking thing. But just replace the Street Profits with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. We'll get Kevin Owens versus Jimmy Uso and Kevin Owens versus Jay Uso and Sami Zayn versus Jimmy Uso and Sami Zayn versus Jay Uso. We may even get a tag team match thrown in there where they beat the Usos in a number one contenders match. This shit sucks. This show sucks. Feel dumber just talking about this shit. Six minutes. Who do you think won? The champions? Of course they didn't fucking win. Angelo Dawkins wins in six minutes with a sit-out fucking powerbomb for a one, two, three. Great. Great. Ezekiel. Ezekiel walked in. He walked in on Elias, who was playing guitar. And they sat on the couch and they had a conversation. We see Elias on the couch and we see Ezekiel on the couch. And just the way the picture came off the screen, we all know that this was filmed individually at separate times in the middle of the day and then spliced together. You just saw it in the way that it came off on TV. It was two different scenes Mashed together. You got Elias sitting there, who is Ezekiel, who they dressed in a fucking full-ass black beard. They they fucking glued this shit on. He's got a big black beard. It obviously is fake. You could see it where his fucking sideburns end and where the beard begins. It just looked fake. And they got his hair pulled back and tied up in a man bun He's got all the bracelets on and he's sitting there in his fucking Elias outfit and he's strumming his guitar. And then Ezekiel is there in his ring gear and they're talking to one another. So you could obviously see this shit is spliced together. This is the only way that it was going to work. That's how they did it. 
So Ezekiel says he's been dealing with doubters like Kevin Owens. He asked Elias what he's been doing. Elias says he's been doing concerts, but nothing compared to performing on Monday Night Raw. That's what they had him go out there and say. He's been performing concerts, but nothing is like Monday Night Raw. Oh, you better believe it. Nothing's like Monday Night Raw. You went from the fucking great gigs of fucking city after city after city to fucking sitting in the middle of the ring on Monday Night Raw where, it get, where the half of the fucking audience has dwindled next to nothing. So he asked Elias to Ezekiel what he's been doing. Concerts, blah, blah, blah. Elias says he's proud of him performing live in Nebraska. Ezekiel said it means the world to him that they're on Raw together. He says he knows their mom and dad are watching them. He said they'll be so proud of him when he wins money in the bank. Elias told him not to get ahead of himself, but he likes the confidence that he sees. They say that they love each other, and then they fist bumped as the segment came to a close. So Elias is performing in the ring with his guitar, and he's out there. Obviously, this is Ezekiel in a fucking fake beard and a, and a fucking uh, man bun. His hair's pulled back in, in a man bun. He began playing, and all of a sudden, Kevin Owens comes walking out, and he says, I am not going to put up with this charade. Nobody wants this concert. You're a disgusting liar with no integrity. He says he might have the people of Nebraska fooled, but he's French-Canadian, and that is as smart as anybody gets. Owen stood on the ring apron and said that the video on the couch did not fool him. He said that was just special effects. So WWE is pretty much telling you what they did. But the fools in Nebraska, they want to believe that this is really Elias. He said he saw a T-Rex fly a helicopter last week in a movie, so he's not impressed. By the way, Jurassic uh, Dominion, Jurassic Park Dominion sucked. I thought it was fucking, I thought it was fucking lame as lame could be, man. One of the, it was probably the worst Jurassic World movies uh, of all. And I hope that they never make another Jurassic Park ever again. I paid very minimal to go see the movie, and it was two hours of mindless garbage. That's all it was. Jeff Goldblum was the best thing about the movie. So he said he saw a T-Rex fly a helicopter last week in a movie, so he's not impressed. Ezekiel appeared on the big screen and told KO, they are separate people. Elias said it's clear as Jay, that they aren't lying to him. He offered to sing Kevin Owens' song. He began singing as K.O. stood there very angrily on the ring apron. K.O. told Elias to shut up as Elias sang, K.O. is a liar. K.O. threw the guitar out of the ring. Elias then gave him a high knee, which Ezekiel has been doing. K.O. threw the guitar out of the ring. He got a high knee. And Elias picked up another guitar and smashed it over Kevin Owens' back. And that was pretty much it. That was pretty much it. This is how we settle it, Bruce. This is how we settle it, man. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens versus Ezekiel and Elias in a tag team match. That's what I want to see. They're so fucking talented, Bruce. I want to see Ezekiel and Elias in a tag team match. Put them in a tag team. Give them the tag team fucking titles. Let's see it. Let's see it. KO, he was backstage. He obviously was run out of the arena. He stumbled through Gorilla. Kevin Patrick approached him and asked if he's finally convinced that they're not the same person. Kevin Owens asked if he thinks he's an idiot. KO said Ezekiel had a pre-recorded segment, and it was on the Tron, 
And then they glued a beard on Ezekiel to pretend he's Elias. He said, it can't be. It can't be. It can be Ezekiel. It could be Elias. It could be his younger brother, Elrod, who I haven't met yet. I laughed at Elrod. Ezekiel then walked up to KO and said, Kevin, I heard your challenge. I accept. KO was shocked that Ezekiel came up to him when he just left the ring and he got beat up by Elias. And he got a guitar smashed over his back by Elias. But here's Ezekiel coming up to him, accepting his challenge for next week. I don't usually give WWE credit. I usually don't give WWE credit, but I thought this was actually very well executed. I thought this was very well executed. Obviously, you saw that two scenes were spliced together and that they were filmed individually at separate times during the day. They had no other way to do it. And I thought WWE, the way that they executed everything was really fun and really entertaining. And it's honestly the best the storyline and the angle has been. But again, I have to ask, where does it go? Where do we go from here? What's the conclusion in all of this? Are they not the same guy? Are they going to end up being the same guy? Is this one big fucking troll? The only thing that I really take away from all of this is that Ezekiel, Elias, whatever you want to call him, looks better as Elias. The beard and the long hair and the fucking drifter gimmick. He looks better as Elias than he does as Ezekiel. I don't know how they end it, but I thought tonight with whatever they did, man, it was very well executed. Bobby Lashley. He has a gauntlet match, and his first opponent is Chad Gable. This was actually a pretty decent match here with Lashley and Chad Gable. Chad Gable is great at whatever he does, so I'm not really surprised at that. I hate the fact that they're using Chad Gable in this to get Bobby Lashley over. I hate the fact that they're using the Alpha Academy to get Bobby Lashley over in a nothing feud against Austin Theory for the United States Championship. But what else is new, man? They don't really appreciate anything, especially somebody like Chad Gable. Lashley was dominating, hit a delayed vertical suplex. Gable countered a spear with a drop toe hold and applied an ankle lock. Lashley was in the ankle lock for a decent amount of time before pushing Gable off. Gable actually knocked Lashley down with a shoulder tackle before hitting a moonsault for a two, which looked great. Lashley hit an overhead suplex, blocked a roll-up, and, a blo- and applied a hurt lock for the submission, and Chad Gable tapped out. Otis immediately tacked Lashley after the match was over, so we get Otis and Bobby Lashley. So the Alpha Academy is trying to take out Bobby Lashley for the United States Championship opportunity at Money in the Bank. This went nine minutes, and Bobby Lashley beat Otis via disqualification. Otis continued to toss Lashley around the round ringside, and he could have won by countout, but he broke up the fucking count like a dumbass. Otis splashed Lashley on the outside, and Otis was in control until he missed a big Vader bomb off the second rope. Lashley followed with a flatliner. He then avoided a corner charge and hit a spear. He had it won, but Gable broke up the cover and caused a DQ, giving Bobby Lashley wins over Gable and Otis. After the match, Gable gave Lashley a German suplex, and Otis splashed him. Out comes Austin Theory. He was the last man in this gauntlet match. This lasted about 90 seconds. Theory tried to take advantage. He went for the ATL finish. 
But Lashley used a very nice roll-up out of the ATL and covered Theory 1-2-3. Austin Theory gets pinned in a championship contenders match. And Bobby Lashley is getting the United States Championship match at Money in the Bank. So let me get this straight. Let me get this straight. You gave us a gauntlet match. Ultimately, getting Gable and Otis to go out there and lose back-to-back matches. All for Austin Theory to come out and lose to Bobby Lashley, giving him the United States Championship match at Money in the Bank. Why did we have to bury Otis and Gable in this match? Two guys, a very, very former tag team champions, a very good tag team in Otis and Gable, to go out there and beat Bobby Lashley down, have all their work for not, for Austin Theory to come in and lose to Bobby Lashley when it's a weekly occurrence in WWE that they give us championship contenders matches and that's how they go about booking their championship matches at their pay-per-views. Why didn't you just give me Austin Theory and Bobby Lashley in a championship contenders match so you didn't have to bury Otis and Gable in the work that they did? Why didn't you give me Austin Theory and Bobby Lashley anyway like you usually do everything else and have Austin Theory lose like he did tonight? You get you went the long way and gave us the same fucking ending that you normally would give us on a regular week. You wasted all of our time and you wasted Otis and Gable's time in this gauntlet match with Bobby Lashley. And people will look at this and they won't even bat a fucking eyelash. They won't bat a fucking eyelash at this nonsensical fucking stupid booking. What a lame fucking creative move. Why go all this extra way to give me the fucking outcome that you usually give us every fucking week? Ridiculous. Bruce Pritchard has got to go. There's nobody in this company that is going to tell Vince no. As long as Bruce is still there and Vince is running creative, this man will not ever hear the word no. Awful. Nobody gives a fuck about Bobby Lashley and Austin Theory. Nobody gives a shit. Nobody wants it. This is the best you got for Bobby Lashley? I remember all the fucking creative bookers in the fucking IWC, all these fucking retards in the fucking community telling me, oh, there's no other option. There's no option for Roman Reigns. Really? Really? You'd rather have Bobby Lashley fucking spreading baby oil all over his fucking muscly pecs than go after Roman Reigns and the Undisputed Championship, right? There's no fucking option for Roman Reigns. He's standing right there. He's standing right there. This shit sucks. Absolutely fucking pathetic. Miss TV. AJ Styles is his guest. Great. If AJ Styles, if you expect AJ Styles to be built back up on Monday Night Raw, having him on Miss TV is not the right direction. Styles is on Miz TV. Miz talked about Styles having a tough time lately, especially with Judgment Day. He says he's feeling sorry for him. Styles interrupted and asked if he's trying to get a rise out of him. He got it all wrong. 
Apparently, Styles was on the Slammiversary pay-per-view that Impact had last night. Everybody was like, oh, my God, Styles. WWE let Styles on Slammiversary. <laughs> let me tell you something, man. If you ever needed any more confirmation that WWE does not give a shit about Impact Wrestling and how weak they think Impact Wrestling is and how much of a non-threat Impact Wrestling is, they sent one of their biggest names over to Slammiversary to do a fucking uh, uh, in, in pay-per-view promo on the 20th anniversary of Impact. Yeah, great. Great. Fucking dumb. Who gives a shit? Oh my God, Styles is there. Wow. Wow. Tell me how Impact sucks for 20 years by sending AJ Styles over there. Man, they don't give a fuck about it. They don't give a shit about Impact. <laughs> See all the fucking geeks online reviewing Impact and talking how great it was. Who gives a shit, man? Like Vince gives a fuck about Impact. Give me a break, man. Even Tony Khan didn't want anything to do with you. Just give me Sammy Callahan and then fuck the rest of them. Anyway, he says he's feeling sorry for AJ Styles. So we took a dig at the local University of Nebraska students and Styles says... And said Styles is giving them a preview of what it's going to be like to see anyone as a failure. So this is what your life is going to result in, kids. AJ Styles, he's a failure and you're going to be a failure. Everybody's going to be a failure if you work for Bruce Pritchard. I'll tell you that right now. Styles said the fans are young but not naive. He said if anyone is naive, it's The Miz. He said if you watch college football, he knows it's Cornhusker country. Fans cheered and they began chanting. Styles said Miz's wife must feel bad that she married a man with popcorn balls. Miz pointed down and said, this is not becoming a thing. Styles said he's pretty sure it is. Styles asked the crowd if Miz's tiny balls are a thing. Miz yelled, I do not have tiny balls. He says they are python-sized balls. He yelled at Styles that he has more wins than Styles could dream of. He touted his perfect family and WWE achievements, and reinventing reality TV. Styles says he's been through adversity before, but he doesn't run his mouth like Miz does. He said instead he does something else. He then punched the Miz, and Tommaso Ciampa came out of nowhere and punched Styles and knocked him out of the ring. Cameras did not show Ciampa entering the ring at all. So what, what's going on? Are we getting Miz... And AJ Styles at some point qualifying for money in the bank? Are we getting a fucking program with AJ Styles and The Miz? Is this where where we're going with AJ Styles? A feud with The Fucking Miz that started off by AJ calling Miz out with his popcorn-sized balls. This is the best you got for AJ Styles, right? Maybe you should really send him back to fucking Impact. Seriously, maybe you should really send him back to Impact if this is the best you got for AJ fucking Styles, man. Give me a fucking break with this shit, really. This shit sucks. Awful. The Miz is awful. If Maurice is not on TV, I don't give a fuck. I don't give a shit. At least at that point, I have something nice to look at. Get this guy off TV, man. He is so fucking boring. I don't want to see him in the ring anymore. He couldn't even take a Styles Clash tonight. That's how bad the Miz is. You must botch the fucking Styles Clash being on the receiving end of a Styles Clash. We got AJ Styles in a match impromptu against Tommaso Ciampa. 
If this was Triple H, if this was NXT Black and Gold, I would have been all over this. If this was on NXT with Mauro Ronaldo calling the match on commentary, we, we would have got 15 minutes plus with AJ Styles and Tommaso Ciampa down at Full Sail University. We got AJ Styles and Tommaso Ciampa on commentary. And when I tell you I did not give a single fucking shit, I don't give a single ounce of a fucking shit about Tommaso Ciampa and AJ Styles. This guy is as dead as anybody else on the roster. Imagine having somebody like Tommaso Ciampa on your roster, and this is the best you got. I said this for a few weeks now. This is the best you got for Tommaso Ciampa. Imagine having AJ Styles, and the best you got is a fucking feud with the, with the Miz. But I'm told that there's no competition for Roman Reigns. I'm told that WWE was out of options. You have AJ Styles on Monday Night Raw. Was he not an option for Roman Reigns at SummerSlam? No, you'd rather see him in a, in a feud with The Miz, though, right? You'd rather see him in a feud with The Miz. We don't even know if he's going to qualify for Money in the Bank. And if he does, he's not going to fucking win it. He's just going to be there to fucking add another body, another warm body to the Seth Rollins fucking meteoric rise on Monday night. This shit sucks. Champa, this guy's probably waiting for his fucking release somewhere, man. And if it's granted, he'll probably be thanking the fucking stars. He can go and uh, do what he needs to do, man, and make just as much money as they're paying him on Monday night. What a waste. What a waste. The fuck you call him up for? Looks more and more every fucking week like Johnny Gargano made the right career move by getting the fuck out. Kevin Patrick interviewed Veer Mahan on stage. I don't know what the fuck they were thinking with this shit. Veer is on the Oakland stage. They still have this, which I'm very shocked by. I'm surprised they still have it. I thought they would have canned this fucking concept one week in. Veer is there, and Kevin Patrick's asking him about Rey Mysterio and dominating the Mysterios. Veer says what he did to Rey was just the beginning. He said WWE has never seen hunger like this before. He says he loves carnage. And he can't be stopped. Fear. Veer. Yes. That, that, that's what he, he said. Fear. Veer. I appreciate that they don't have him fucking growling and snarling. And fucking grunting like some savage fucking wild animal out there. In a typical WWE heel fashion. But the dialogue that they're giving this guy, man. Who writes this shit? Seriously. Guy stumbling over his fucking words. Just go out there and speak normal. Give this guy regular human being dialogue. And maybe he won't sound like a fucking robot. He sounds like he's memorizing a fucking script. Everybody sounds the fucking same. Rhea Ripley's the fucking worst at this. Sounds like she's reading off a fucking teleprompter, Rhea Ripley. This guy sounded like he was memorizing his lines he stopped in between every fucking couple of words, trying to memorize what he had to say, and it sounded awful. It sounded fucking awful. I don't know why. They can't make these guys sound regular, organic, and just normal, like normal human beings. What's next for Veer? Veer has not been the same since that fucking Jerry Lawler uh, King's Court segment. They botched this guy already. It hasn't even been fucking three months yet. My goodness. My goodness, man. Veer is as uh, 
I don't want to say dead, but he's hanging on right now. He's on life support. Veer is on life support. If you expect anything out of Veer on this show, I'm sorry to tell you. Maybe Bobby Lashley wins the United States Championship and Veer goes after Bobby Lashley. I don't know. Maybe we don't even get Austin Theory for, uh, versus John Cena for the United States Championship. Maybe they just do the one-on-one match and give the title to Bobby Lashley. I don't know. I don't really know where we go with this. Where's Veer going? Who's next? Who's next for Veer? Becky Lynch versus Asuka. We've seen this match about, what, five, six times already since Asuka's been back. It seems like every fucking week she's in a match with Becky Lynch. So this match went 13 minutes. This was a match to qualify for the money in the bank. Becky Lynch attacked Asuka during her ring entrance because she was pissed off at the fact that Adam Pearce has her wrestling twice in one night. So, Oscar hit a cold breaker. Lynch knocked her off the top rope. She fell to the outside. Lynch missed a leg drop after a commercial break. Oscar followed with a sliding kick. Some strikes. She goes for a cover, gets a cradle, gets a two count. Oscar with some more strikes, a German suplex, a running hip attack that looked like it missed. She goes for a cover. She gets a two count off the sloppy hip attack. They traded some submissions back and forth until Becky Lynch drove Asuka face first into the turnbuckle. She goes for a cover. She gets a two count. Asuka came back with a missile drop kick for two. Lynch tried something off the ring apron. Asuka caught her with a knee strike into the chest. They barely got back in the ring after fighting on the outside for a little bit at a nine and a half. They traded characters back and forth. They traded roll-ups back and forth until Asuka kicked Lynch in the head. And that was it. Asuka pins Becky Lynch. Asuka qualifies for the Money in the Bank ladder match. And Asuka is in the match, and Becky Lynch is not. All the people probably crying on social media, oh, Becky Lynch is not qualified for the Money in the Bank. Let me tell you something, folks. We got, if it's still there, if it's still planned for Friday night, we got Shotzi and Aaliyah for a Money in the Bank qualifying match. I don't even think that's for the Money in the Bank qualifying match. I honestly think whoever loses that match is going to have fucking Future Endeavor written all over them. But if one of those women is wrestling on Friday and advances, we don't know if that's still confirmed yet. That was announced on Friday. If Shotzi or Leah get in, there's one spot left. And with that one spot, we are... I'm booking Monday Night Raw right now for you guys. We're probably... We're probably going to get Montez Ford versus... Uh, Jay Uso or, or Angelo Dawkins next week versus Jimmy Uso. And we're going to get a loser's bunch match. We're going to get Becky Lynch. We're going to get whoever else didn't qualify for the Money in the Bank ladder match. We're going to get a one last chance match at qualifying for Money in the Bank. It'll probably be Dana Brooke or Aaliyah or Shotzi or Zia Lee. Whatever the fuck they want to do, we're going to get a loser qualifying match and the winner gets in the last spot of Money in the Bank and Becky Lynch is going to win this loser's bunch match. She's going to get into the Money in the Bank ladder match. WWE thinks that, oh, we can't have Becky Lynch be out of the Money in the Bank. They're doing it the most predictable way possible. They can't leave out Asuka and put Becky Lynch in. They can't put Becky Lynch in and leave out Asuka. So that's what they're going to do. 
That's what they're going to do. They found a way to get both of them in the match. Asuka beats Lynch tonight. Becky Lynch is going to qualify in a loser's, uh, loser's bunch match. And then Becky Lynch is going to win the Money in the Bank ladder match. She's going to win uh, the Money in the Bank briefcase. And she's going to cash in at SummerSlam and win the Raw Women's Championship. Because they're going to go back to their tried and true. They're going to go back and do it all over again. Becky Lynch, Reign of Terror on Monday night. Seth Rollins is going to win the Men's Money in the Bank. We're going to have Seth. And Becky, as husband and wife, winning the Money in the Bank briefcase, just like Adam Cole and Britt Baker won as as husband and wife, boyfriend and girlfriend, whatever the fuck you want to call it, winning the Owen Hart Cup Invitational. Same thing. Same thing. It's exactly what's going to happen. And Seth Rollins is going to win his championship at SummerSlam. Becky's going to win her championship at SummerSlam. It's going to be one big fucking happy family at SummerSlam. It's going to be the Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins coming out party at SummerSlam in Nashville, Tennessee. This show sucks. Everything about Monday Night Raw was just god-awful tonight. Thank you guys very much for joining me on Monday nights here for your Monday Night Raw post-show on Off The Script. Seeing the lack of Super Chats tonight, I'm getting a sense you guys didn't even watch Monday Night Raw. Get those Super Chats in. We're going to hang out at the end of the show now with our cold beverages. You guys sound off. You let me know. Hit that thumbs up. We need 50 more likes for 1,000. If you guys are in the chat and have not hit the thumbs up, make sure you guys do that for me. It helps out the video tremendously. Tonight's show is sponsored by Honey. Joinhoney.com slash off the script, man. Thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past. Honey is the free online shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. Honey supports over 30,000 stores online. They range from sites that have tech and gaming products to popular fashion brands and even food delivery. Imagine you're shopping online at one of your favorite sites. When you check out, the Honey button drops down and all you guys have to do is click Apply Coupons. You wait a few seconds, Honey is going to search for coupons it finds for that site. And if Honey finds a working coupon, you guys are going to watch the prices drop. Now, I I just purchased myself a brand new very, very high-end uh, headset for my phone, for my uh, my, uh, my, uh, my my cell phone. And I saved at least $30 off of a sale price using Honey. So that's why I use it, and that's why you guys should use it as well. So if you guys love saving money, man, you're going to use Honey, and you're going to watch the prices drop. I also buy all my cat food and my cat toys, cat beds, cat trees, cat carriers when I take them to Atlantic City, all on the internet using Honey. So that's what I use Honey for, and I'm sure you guys could use the same thing or use Honey to do the same thing for you. If you already don't have Honey, you could straight up be missing out. And it's literally free and installs in seconds. And by getting Honey and using Honey, you're doing me a solid, you're doing yourself a solid, and I'd never recommend anything I don't use. So get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash off the script. That's joinhoney.com slash off the script. And I want to thank them as always for sponsoring the show right here 
on Monday night for the Raw Review right here on Off The Script. Let's get into the Super Chats, guys. We got uh, Joseph Taylor with a $5 Super Chat. I've been watching Adam Cole professionally wrestle for almost a decade, and from what I see, he's always been six foot two hundred pounds. Bro, the Adam Cole body shaming as of late has been fucking pathetic, man. I don't get these people. The Adam Cole body shaming as of late is pathetic, man. All started today with Booker T saying, "Oh, we got to get some muscle on that boy. That young kid, he needs to get some muscle." the fuck are you talking about, man? You know, I, I'd love for Booker T to reference the time he mentioned Adam Cole needing muscle when Adam Cole was in NXT. He looks the same to me. Why don't Booker T go develop some fucking brain cells? The people who body shame Adam Cole, they live at McDonald's and they're fast food enthusiasts. Slobs slobs. He's in bed with Britt Baker every night, and you're online watching porn sitting in your fucking chair that has fucking Dorito crumbs running up and down the lining of your chair, and it smells like shit. Give me a break. Michelle Moran with a five-dollar super chat. Cena and Brock are back, so Vincent Kennedy McMahon feels the need to bury Riddle. Hey, VKM, what will you do if both of them leave in September? Try to rebuild Riddle? This sucks. Riddle more than likely is heading towards a SummerSlam match with Seth Rollins. It's the only thing left for him to do on the show because he lost to Roman Reigns and he can't be on SmackDown anymore. D. Bastardo with a $2 Super Chat. My source, my source told me NXT release was due to steroids. That would do it. But usually it comes with a first violation of 30 days. They just went right for the fucking termination, which I don't really understand. The best starter also with a $2 super chat. Sorry, I'm a week late. Enjoy Forbidden Door, brother. I'll be in Chicago for Forbidden Door, guys. The Ogden. Make sure you guys come on down. We're going to be drinking whiskey. We'll be there early in the afternoon, man. So come and hang out with us. I'm waiting on the venue to get back to me with a potential little spot that could give us dedicated to the OTS VIP meetup. Johnny Angel with a 499 Super Chat. What's up, Jay? Just wondering your thoughts on the following bands. Judas Priest, Rage Against the Machine, and Blind Melon. I never listened to one Blind Melon song in my entire life. Judas Priest is great. Uh, I'm a big fan of Rob Halford, and I love Tim Ripper Owens. And Rage Against the Machine, I was never a fan of. I thought they were always overrated. Always overrated, man. Never enjoyed Rage Against the Machine. I'll listen to Rage Against the Machine when it's in a public environment, man. I'll never listen to Rage Against the Machine on my own in my own time. Bradley Robinette with a 199 Super Chat. That Elias segment was horrible, he says. I I quite enjoyed it, man. I quite enjoyed it. I don't know about you guys. I quite enjoyed it. I got to find something positive about this show. 
Michael Evans with a two-month membership. Thank you, Michael Evans. Only six days to Forbidden Door. Hope to meet you and Jesse at the meet and greet. Keep the king. Keep being the king, JD. OTS for life. Thank you, Michael Evans. I will be there. Jesse will be there as well. Hologram with a 20-month membership. Another month closer to gold, baby. It's always OTS and fuck those other guys. Love the channel, the work you do, and chat. Be proud of what you built. Thank you, Hologram. That means a lot, brother. Four more months, man, and you are... By the end of the summer, bro, you will be a gold standard VIP. You're already a VIP in my book, bro. Already VIP in my book, man. JP5150 with a 22-month re-up. Give me an Allagash triple, bro. I'll always be here to show my support, and we will continue to remind all that off the script is the source of truth. Thank you, JP. I appreciate you, man. Tony Brown with a 499 super chat. Bianca Booty is a food group. That booty meat was uh, pretty ripe today, man. There was some booty meat in that match for sure, man. Mr. Awesome with a two-month membership. What's up, brother? What do you think about Asuka being in Fatal 5-Way? I felt like with her being pinned at Hell in a Cell, she should not be in the money in the bank. Mr. Awesome, I, uh, I went over all this in the, in the podcast tonight, man. I went over all this, bro. None of, the pe- none of the women in that match made sense. None. The only one that made sense was Alexa Bliss. And we didn't even need this match to take place. She should have been put in the Royal Women's Championship match, period. At Money in the Bank. Wellington. With a $2 super chat. The Elias Ezekiel arc reminds me of Faces of Foley. It does. But less cool. Joseph Taylor with a $2 super chat. How do you go from a 3.25 to a 0.74 in six years? What the fuck is a 0.74? What are you talking about? Monday Night Raw has lost half of its audience since 2015. Shell John with a 199 Super Chat. JD, what the fuck is people on Raw drinking? I don't know what the fuck they're drinking, man. I don't know what they're drinking. I wish I was drinking. I was at the Starbucks Roastery in fucking Manhattan today, man, drinking... A Knob Creek cold brew coffee and a Knob Creek whiskey on the rocks. Nice little taste test, man, for an hour, man. I enjoyed myself. Take a nice fucking uh, break. I bought myself some new headphones today. Went to B&H. Got the new, uh, I got, well, they're not new. Well, they're, they're only a couple years old. I needed, I needed a good pair of over-the-ear headphones. I bought myself uh, the Apple Air Pro Max. I love them, man. I think they're great. Uh, Isa, I did not see your text. What, what is what is going on? What, what, what do you got? You got a surprise for me here? Let's see.
my God, man. Bruce Pritchard is now not only executive director of Raw and SmackDown, Bruce Pritchard is now interim head of talent relations. Bruce Pritchard is now head of talent relations, man. I don't know how they continue to give this guy more responsibility, man. He can't even do his original job correct. My God, man. Did Vince pay Bruce to suck his cock for $3 million? Why do they keep rewarding him? Holy shit. I don't believe it, man. It's ridiculous. I don't understand it. I got to tweet this out. Jesus Christ, I don't, I don't believe these fucking people. He's got Triple H's job. He's got Triple H's job. That's what he's got. Jesus fucking Christ, man. That's That's ridiculous. World of Wrestling with a $5 super chat. Bro, I did a live watch along of Raw, and I have to say, WWE should pay us $100,000 for every show we watch. Yo, Jesse, give me the best whiskey you got, bro. Yo, Jesse, pour me some Angel's Envy, man. We're not going to give him the best. We'll give him uh, we'll give him some top shelf shit, man. Uh, some Angel's Envy, man, on the rocks. Double. The Visionary becomes a new member. Visionary, what are you drinking tonight, brother? First round is on me. Rafael De Luna with a $2 super chat. Thoughts on Jurassic World Dominion, bro? It was, it was, I, it was fucking terrible, man. It was awful. Jamie 11X giving Becky's long losing streak. Should she take a page out of the Tommaso Champa book and go full ruthless heel without a theme song? No. She'll never be able to pull off a fucking tenth of what Champa did, ever. World of Wrestling with a $5 Super Chat. By the way, UFC 276 is taking place down the road from MGM Grand the same night. Money at the Bank is taking place. I know what show I would go see. UFC 276, hands down. Peace with all its sham. 
Look, look at us. You can thank Isa. You can thank Isa for this update. Thank you, Isa. Bruce Pritchard in, Johnny Ace out. Fightful can confirm that WWE talent were notified of the change with John Laurinaitis on administrative leave from the roles and Bruce Pritchard in the spot on an interim basis. The unanimous, unanimous belief amongst those in the company that we spoke to here at Fightful was that Johnny was as good as gone with several going as far as to celebrate his impending departure. However, the monkey's paw put a finger down for some as now one of the heads of creative is also charged with talent relations. Former and present talent alike chimed in with one saying Vince only knows three people as a joke to Johnny Ace and Bruce Pritchard being tasked with roles. Another said that they'd had multiple texts from talent stating that there is concern about Bruce handling both roles because now if you want time off, you have to ask the person who is effectively, who effectively is your filter between creative and Vince McMahon. Lauren Itis was not at Raw tonight, and several talent are working on the assumption that they'll never have to do business with him again. McMahon himself was said to be in a good mood again tonight, much like at SmackDown. Pretty much what I, uh, pretty much what I predicted. Johnny Ace is the fall guy, man. Johnny Ace is fire. So, Friday, we got the news broke. Monday, he's gone. Monday, he's finished. I, I don't I don't get it. I, I really I really don't get it. Jesus fucking Christ. I, 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 really, I really don't believe it. I wish he, he needs to be fired. He needs to be fired. Stephanie should be firing him. Kenny Manuel with the $10 super chat. No message, Kenny. What happened, bro? Don't be shy around here, bro. Joseph Taylor with a $2 Super Chat. 0.74 was the rating from the first Raw of 2020. Was it? I don't, I don't think you're factually correct on that, Joseph Taylor. DX Trixers with a $5 Super Chat. I'd like to know your thoughts on Arch Enemy and the Agonist. I love them both to death. Uh, Arch Enemy, they're... Uh, I'm very much looking forward to their, their new album coming out in August. I think Alyssa, the singer, is fantastic. I never listened to The Agonist. I don't know who they are. Christy Wilson with a 499 Super Chat. WWE's going straight to hell, in my opinion. Uh, Christy, they're already there. They are already there. DX Tricksters with a 13-month membership. Thank you for the recommitment, brother. Are you going to check out Metal Hellsinger once it comes out? It's a Doom game with heavy metal music. I don't know, man. I think the premise of it is interesting, but I don't think that's going to keep people's interest at all. Sounds like it's nothing more than a, than a, a trend and a fad that's going to die out after like a week or so. 
The Visionary with a 199 Super Chat. Thoughts on Top Gun Maverick, movie of the year. Uh, I have not seen Top Gun. So I really can't call it movie of the year if I haven't seen it. And I don't really watch enough movies to claim movie of the year. Justin G with a $2 Super Chat. Judgment Day on main event instead of Raw, laughing my ass off. Yes, Justin, I talked about that tonight briefly on the show. They are already buried. Edge hasn't been gone two weeks, and they're already fucking floundering on main event on the Hulu show. You gotta love WWE, man. This company isn't fucking shambles, really. I'm, I'm shocked, man. I'm shocked how this fucking guy continues to get promoted. He can't even do one job correctly. He's got fucking, he's got two jobs, three jobs. He's head of creative. He runs NXT. Now he's head of talent relations. Jesus Christ, man. Tell me you're not sucking Vince's cock. Anyway, guys, I'm about to get out of here, man. I appreciate y'all hanging out tonight. I know it was a slow night. We had 2,700 people, man. What am I talking about? Slow night. Thank you guys very much. Thank you guys very much, man. 2,700 people. We had a fantastic week last week. I'll be back with some extras tomorrow. I'll be in Chicago this weekend. Meet and greet at the Ogden. Hopefully I see some of you there. I'll be doing post-show media with AEW on Sunday. Should be great. Should be great. Anyway, guys, uh, I appreciate y'all hanging out. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter and Instagram. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. Thank you for 1,000 likes, guys. Thank you for all the recommitments to the VIP club. Thank you for the super chats today. Go check out all the other videos that you might have missed, man. Tons of live streams, man. Go check it out. We got episode 434. We talked about the Vince McMahon scandal. Stephanie taking over, quote-unquote, CEO. We went live on Friday afternoon. We did SmackDown. There was an extra on Saturday. I took Sunday off. Everything you need, man, is on the homepage. Go and check it out. Go check out my sponsor for today's show, man. Honey, join honey.com slash off the scripts. Use our link, download the free web browser. It helps me out. It's the reason they stay on. Signed with the podcast, man. Also, go get your t-shirts, bonfire.com, the exclusive home of off the script. Go get your new t-shirts, the dawn of the IWC, JD's Negan, Team JD, OTS Elite. It's all on there. And that's it, man. That's all I got. Anyway, listen. I need two things before I get out of here, man. Number one, I need, I need those guitar emojis in the chat. I see them already. I need to see more of them. My VIPs, I need those Mustang emojis in the chat. And when that guitar solo comes on, man, I need that music on max. I'll see you guys back live on Wednesday with AEW Dynamite and the go-home show for Forbidden Door right here on Off The Script. I'll see you guys later.